Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have one of my favorite people in the world on this show with you today, someone who's been a trusted advisor and friend to me since 2017. Her name is Stephanie Roman, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her in a moment. And I'm all giggly because I'm puppy sitting. My sister and her family got a six-week-old puppy. He's half German Shepherd, half Lab, and his name is Reggie, and he's so freaking cute. My heart is busting wide open, and I love that dog adoption has gone up so much during this time when so many of us are feeling isolated, alone, and like we need some unconditional love. So if you've been thinking about inviting a pup into your life, Maybe this is a sign or any animal, all animals, I think just bring so much joy into our life. So yeah, Reggie, he's been following me around all day and sleeping on my chest and he's hilarious when he eats. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably saw it. He like devour, he's this cute little puppy all day long. And then when his little food's out, he turns into an animal. It's so hilarious. Oh, but the simple things in life that crack our heart wide open. Those are the things that are so important to focus on. Even in times of struggle and challenge, it there's always love and there's always life force. Like life continues to happen. That's what's so amazing about spirit the, the human spirit, the animal spirit, the, the earth spirit, plants, and everything that has life in it. I was watching him breathe on my chest and was just had one of those moments where I was overcome with gratitude for life. It really is precious. And I hope that you're appreciating your own. Again, I know this is a challenging time for so many of you and There's been challenging times before this, right? This isn't the first year that it's been hard, but it seems it's harder on on bigger proportions for so many. And in that, it's so important to come back into your breath and just feel the life force moving through your body. You're, You're alive. And can you be grateful to be alive? And can you find those ways throughout the day to let yourself be overwhelmed by love and overwhelmed by the miracle of life. Maybe it's watching trees blow in the wind. Maybe it's the sound of a bird. Maybe it's looking into the eyes of your children or cuddling your beloved or looking in the mirror and just seeing this epic human being that you are and everything that you've been through and all the triumphs and the tribulations and you're still here. And so come back always to that love because fear, although useful at times, especially when we need adrenaline to get us out of danger, most of the time it's unnecessary and fear and anger don't really do anything that productive. It's love that heals all and it's love that reminds us of who we are. So I'm very grateful to my sister for adopting a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) and letting me uh, watch him for the day. Mm, Little Reggie. All right, so let me tell you about Stephanie. I was introduced to Stephanie through a friend. 
because I'm always looking for people that can support me, people that can hold space for me. I always have my own coaches and advisors. I call it team Christine, the people around me that call me forward, call me out on my stuff. And then I can call when I need someone. And especially for any of us in the helping industry, but I don't think it's exclusive to people in the helping industry. I think we all need our team, whoever. And that team can be one person. It doesn't have to be a lot of people, but it's so important to have those people in our life that hold that unconditional loving space. And Stephanie is one of those people. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She calls herself psychic. We explain what that really means in the episode. She channels the divine to give you messages that resonate in helping you remember your most authentic self and path. She lovingly holds a magic mirror up to you so you can see how wonderful and beautiful you truly are. It's a simple process that helps her clients feel connection to something bigger that sometimes becomes lost by our society, valuing external direction over our own internal guidance. She believes that every person is psychic. I believe that too. And that each person experiences multiple different types of abilities over a lifetime. And if the word psychic doesn't work for you, use the word intuitive because everyone's intuitive. And one of Stephanie's biggest mission is helping us recognize and experiment with how to stop doubting our gifts in order to integrate them into whatever our big dreams are. She proudly calls herself a psychic trainer and helps her clients take bigger and bigger leaps of faith in their life by empowering them to know that they have all the answers. So you can learn more about her at psychictrainerstephanie.com. She also has an incredible course coming up for empaths about how to really manage your empathic abilities and step more into your intuitive gifts. And it's an incredible offer at six weeks and you get private one-on-one Voxer, which is basically voice messaging with her. She gives out her cell phone number in this episode. I couldn't believe she did that. And she's like, call me, text me. That's how you can find out about it. She just really is here to serve and help. So her website and her cell phone number are in the show notes as well. Before we dive into my conversation with Stephanie, and I think you'll find her story so relatable and so inspiring. So even if you're not interested in intuition or psychic ability or empaths, her story is, whew, it just, it's pretty remarkable. So again, before we dive in, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, which is Third Love, which is a company that makes my favorite bras because they're designed for my or your perfect fit. Third Love uses the measurements of millions of women to design bras with all day comfort and support. They stand behind their products. If you don't love it, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. And every Third Love bra is made with signature memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a scratch-free band. From cups AA to I, including half cups and bands 30 to 48. Now, when I tried on my first Third Love bra after I went and took the quiz, I ordered a half size. It was like a game changer for me because usually bras only come in, you know, 32, 34, 36, 38. But when you can get those half sizes, it makes all the difference in the world in terms of comfort. So if you're not sure about your size, and honestly, most women really aren't, take Third Love's online Fit Finder quiz to find the size and styles that are exactly right for you. You answer a few simple questions to find your perfect fit in 60 seconds. Over 15 million women have taken the quiz to date, and they offer that perfect fit promise. They stand behind their products. As I said, if you don't love it, 60 days to return. It's easy and free. 
to return or exchange. And they're so, so comfortable. There's no substitute for comfort, especially when it comes to your bra. They actually even have lace that feels so soft. You can choose from modern stripes to lace that feels so soft to their number one rated 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. That's my favorite. You can check out all these exclusive styles at thirdlove.com. And they donate all of their gently used return bras to women in need, supporting charities in their local San Francisco Bay Area and across the United States. So far, Third Love has donated over 20 million in bras. That's amazing. Third Love knows there's a perfect fit for everyone. So right now they're offering my listeners 10% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash over it now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 10% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash over it for 10% off today. And now on to my inspiring and loving conversation with Stephanie. Stephanie, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. So grateful to be here. So, like, so blessed and just humbled to be here. It's oh, amazing. Oh, well, you have been a longtime advisor to me, I think, since 2017. So I'm you know, busy, right? Yeah, every little <laughs> thing. You were with me, you know, when I had to move. You were with me when I met Steph. And you've been right. such a trusted advisor and friend and have really helped me through some really tough times. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you for recognizing me like that. You're just you and Steph are both two of my shining client, clients mm. of who I can just say, y'all teach me at the same time. I mean, all my clients do, but, but really from a place of these are two fully evolved humans that are consciously making a choice to be with each other as well. So y'all are even separate. Y'all are phenomenal. And then as soon as y'all got together, I was like, wow, this isn't, this is an actual true conscious power couple. Oh, I, I love that. An empowered couple, right? <laughs> empowered. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, and in, in I feel, I feel quite, quite selfish and a bit narcissistic because in all the years that we've worked together, I really don't know your whole story in terms of how <laughs> you have come into, well, maybe you can start with describing what you do today for a profession yeah, absolutely. and then well, share with us yeah. like how you got into that, like how this evolved. Cause I know it wasn't something you woke up and went like, Oh, this is, right. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. Well, that's as easy. And I right. just jumped right over. Um, first off, I'm going to say that, that that's not narcissistic because that's, that's the relationship that we have. And I think that's what's so great about being able to be friends with your clients and then also have that, that client confidentiality container of this is not the me show. Like, mm. This is about you and how I can help you in that in that way. So I just wanted to recognize that. Thank first. you. Which is a big deal for me because it's usually reverse for me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So isn't that weird? Like I feel the same way when I go to my psychic or like my therapist or my coach and I'm like, Ooh, I feel weird that I feel like I should be doing something. Right, so I think right. that's the light worker in us. <laughs> so I was raised in a very poor, actually came from the projects of Oak Cliff. That's where I was born. Very poor, very young. My, my own mom was 16 when she had me and my parents split up and I, it, she met someone who was abusive and is still with him to this day. So I had a very rough childhood growing up living with my stepdad and my mom and my biological mom. And they were heavily Southern Baptist. I mean, to the T. So there was a lot of abuse that was religion oriented as well. 
from the time I ever was little, I remember knowing things, hearing things, seeing things. And to me, it was more of a burden. I hated it. And what I hated most was that the verbal abuse got to me so much, or I wasn't, I wasn't doing what everyone else was doing because I would hear over and over and over, you're too sensitive. You're just too sensitive. And I really got this, this wound about, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Why am I so sensitive to things? And it became something that I really worked on repressing and suppressing all the way up to my marriage, um, to, to someone who was very wealthy. And we lived a couple doors down from George Bush. So it was like this big, weird shift from very, very poor to being, you know, on the side where, where you're being seen and for being seen essentially. Mm-hmm. How'd you so meet many... him? How'd those oh, two yeah. worlds converge? Yeah. I met him in community college of like, mm. <laughs> of like all places. So I was 19 when I met him, started dating him exclusively. And then we got married when I was 26. So essentially I was like a child up until we, I, I never known anything about the outside world until he filed for doors. My, my health started caving in because I was a marketing director. So it was a very, I was working 70 hours a week more and I was putting more and more pressure on myself. And I had always prided myself on being able to hide what was going on in my life very, very well. So being able to play the part of that, that perfect wife, that perfect, you know, what, what the American dream was. And when I was 24, I had a heart attack, basically got up as soon as they let me out of the hospital, went back to work. No one knew anything about it. You had a heart attack at 24. Yes. How did I not know this? Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not like something, you know, I got like around talk because I'm so, I think because I, and that, I love that you even said that because to me, that's like a testament of who I am today. You would never know that Mm -hmm. that would have happened to me like in the past. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, so I had a heart attack and then I had like a six and a half minute seizure when I was 20, 26 or 27. And I was able to hide all these things. I had Crohn's. They had diagnosed me with like at the time, four different autoimmune diseases. And they kept just dominoing, you know, this mm-hmm. one after this one. And to me, I was like, all of a sudden, all this is happening. Well, no, <laughs> it's because you were running, suppressing and, and hiding from yourself, your abilities in the world for you know, 20, 28 years. The mm. final straw was when my, when my hair started falling out from alopecia universalis. And it was, I have to try not to cry every time okay. I talk about this. It was the ultimate gift that I was ever given. It was mm. the most freeing, not during the time. <laughs> it was horrible during the time, but it was the way that God was like, you are not going to be hidden anymore. You will mm. not hide. So he gave me, he gave me this at the time I was like, you know, completely crushed and like, why is this happening? So I lost my job because they wanted me to wear a wig and I wouldn't. Mm. Um, and you know, of course that's not what they said. They just said they laid, they, they laid me off, but that was, that was why. And then my husband filed for divorce because I wouldn't wear a wig and I was supposed to be this perfect Barbie doll Mm. and I refused to be that. So I just started out with a dog when I was 30, 30 bald, had no idea about really any of the outside world. Cause I allowed myself to be so sheltered within that marriage. 
and started out with my dog and a bag of clothes, essentially in my car and a, in a computer. And from that place had built two businesses, one of which is my psychic business because of the fact that I didn't have that support. Mm. So I would even say it's, it's like, cause I, to me, you're, yeah. it's not like, I don't call you and have a psychic reading. It's more intuitive counseling. It's that's, oh, that's that. what I see it as in so many ways, that. but wait, I want to back up for a second. Sure. Uh, so yeah. we were at the point in your story where you're got your dog, a bag of clothes and your right. computer. <laughs> so we'll circle back to that. But I want to go back to the alopecia and having your hair fall out. That's traumatic. I don't know how, especially being from Texas mm-hmm. and having my hair as like a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The bigger the hair, the closer to God. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's so Texas. Oh, my gosh. How how did you deal with that? Like, how did you move? Because eventually you have to move into acceptance. Otherwise, you, honestly, you'd be suicidal, I would imagine. Right. Because it's Absolutely. just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And and for anyone listening that has gone through a loss of something, whether it be physical or, you know, a physical symptom or the death of someone or any loss of identity, how did you cope with that? How did you move from victim and fear into ultimately acceptance? Oh, that's such a good question. So I like to say when people originally have asked me this question, I have the first answer I gave, I remember giving people was, well, I didn't have a choice. And people were like, no, but you did. (laughs) You didn't have a choice. You could have just been, you know, um, not okay with it. And, and the, the defining moment to me was I tried to keep on the fake fake eyebrows, the fake, you know, the the wigs, you don't know until you completely lost all of your hair. Cause even when I had just a little bit of stubble or like a little, little patches of hair, wigs were not itchy. And I would Mm. always tell cancer patients saying, Oh my God, they're so itchy. They're so hot. And I was like, I don't, I don't feel like that. Then I lost all my hair and there's no buffer there. And I was like, Oh, right now I'm getting, now I'm understanding Mm. what's happening. So I was in church and the air conditioning was out and it was a, um, it was in June. So Ooh, yeah, June very, in Texas. Very, yeah, very, very warm. And there was a brand new preacher and I had to go to the bathroom because you're always, I was always paranoid about my, my wig being on a little askew or like, mm. and, and this is like bald girl problems, like half an eyebrow being off or something, you know, and you don't know. So there's always like this paranoia. So I went to the bathroom to try to cool off. And I was sobbing in my parents, uh, my grandparents' church, which everyone knew me there from birth on. No one knew I was bald, just sobbing, trying to put wet wet paper towels underneath my wig so Mm. I could go back out. And I just remember like looking in the mirror and getting so pissed off Mm -hmm. about, I am stronger than this. The Mm. things that I have been through, I'm going to let a wig define me. And this is what's going to stop me from doing what I'm here to do. And it's always been that voice that I had that is God that is saying, keep going, keep going. Mm. And it's, it is for me, but it's also for all of the people that maybe don't know that they have that voice or they don't hear it as, as clearly. And trust me, that voice has pissed me off many. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, I am stopping. Like I'll argue like this is it. I'm quitting. And of course, it's like a day later and I'm still, you know, like getting back up to do whatever it is. 
but God, I mean, God and the fact that I was not going to allow myself to not experience life because of not having hair. Mm But you know what? That did not make it easy. I had many like breakdowns. Oh my gosh, Christine, I could not go to Walmart for years after Mm -hmm. I stopped wearing my wig because you have like kind of the mouth breathers there sometimes. Those people, not everyone, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that that just kind of and they're adults. They're not even kids that will just have their mouth hanging open, just awkwardly not blinking, staring at you. And I was, I used to get so upset about it. And the more that I just kind of started rocking the bald, the less I started, you know, I didn't see anyone like that anymore. And when I do, I just push my cart away and I walk the runway. Like I literally walk up and down, Mm -hmm. like I'm walking the runway in front of them and no one ever, (laughs) like now everyone's like, what's happening? So it was a, it was a process. It wasn't just like, you know, I took off my wig and I was I was free, (laughs) but it it was like the best thing I ever did. Hands down. I love it. Well, and we had this conversation the other day when we talked, I don't, it doesn't even occur to me. You know, I don't see you. Obviously I see that you're bald, but it doesn't, you have not allowed it to define you, even though you also have a business around it, which we'll get to that in a second. (laughs) It's not something that you, you don't, um, because I think when we're identified with a disorder, we radiate Mm -hmm. it. And so people can Absolutely. feel it. And so people are notice it more. It becomes like part of how you see someone. Absolutely. But when people just own who they are for whatever, color of skin, uh, weight, uh, sex, right. like whatever, age, when people really mm-hmm. own that, it's like other people just see their own radiance shining through. And I think oh. that's a lesson for us all, you know, is like really how we see ourselves is how yes. others see us. Oh my gosh. That's so true. And it, again, it was so reflected back to me it just so clearly because of the way that when I felt so awkward, I had like people at Neiman Marcus come up to me and say like, how's the cancer going? I mean, first off, I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. And secondly, it's like, you know, even at high end stores, people were acting really weird I mean, occasionally I get people that, you know, say stuff that I, I just think is kind of funny at this point, but I usually don't get anyone who even kind of blinks an eye anymore. So that's, that means a lot to me. Thank you for saying that. I was thinking about that the other day too, or yesterday too. And I was like, that's so nice. You said that. Yeah. Well, again, it's just like how you present and how you show up and all the work that you've done on yourself really shines through. So, so thank you for sharing that. And I hope that gives some hope to people that may be struggling with something Similar. So let's pick back up at your story. You have divorced or you haven't, I don't know if you've divorced, but you've had this husband who doesn't sound all that great, quite frankly. And (laughs) not the best. best. (laughs) But here you are still very young with your dog, Mm -hmm. a computer and like a bag of clothes. Where where do you go from there? I, well, first I went, uh, well, and it, it was so funny because of course, the day that I ended up moving out of what I call the big house, because it felt like prison and also it was a gigantic house, was January 15th, which was my 30th birthday. So I literally moved out of that house on my 30th birthday to this place that was, it was not at all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this and say it was not at all like growing up in the projects. However, I was at the time, the only work I could find was being a 
executive assistant to a very small church pastor. So I was making very little money. And again, the adjustment factor from going from being taken care of, I mean, I still worked, I still made my own money, but I, I wasn't paying any of the bills. I didn't even know any of the accounts he had open and any of that, because I just didn't want to take personal responsibility for my finances um, at that time. But I went to making basically no, no money. So I had to move into a place that was not a great place, you know, roaches and stuff that was very reminiscent and traumatizing of, oh my God, I'm moving back into my childhood essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was very traumatizing. It was really bad, but I really just started trying to figure out how to do things completely differently. Cause I was like, all right, look, I got here doing this, this, and this. So none of that's working for me. (laughs) And one of the big things was a people pleaser that I was always trying to bend over backwards to make myself into, and, and um, that's part of being an empath as well sometimes, is we can work such good chameleons that we lose ourselves in, okay, we're, we're not just trying to be a chameleon to help someone out. We start losing our identity in, in other people, essentially. So that was like one of the, the big lessons. And I got a coach, you know, I sold all my beautiful designer purses, which was, that's my thing to get coaches. Um, Emily Rose was my first coach and she, she's, she's great. So it just, it started, I started looking at myself and self-development, which I, I never looked at ever and really started taking responsibility for my own growth. I mean, Mm. and investing in myself. Oh my gosh. It was terrifying to me to, to spend the amount of money I was spending on myself for one. And then like on something that was not like an essential thing was not something I would do. But, but once I started doing it, I started realizing that it's the only, like, you know, it's like the only way you're going to see. Yeah. It is essential. (laughs) Yeah. It is essential. (laughs) Yeah. It's like the more that you put your worth out there is like a number, the more that you just get to the scary part of that, the, the more you'll grow in that relationship. So, so that, that really helped me. And I just started to change. I love that. I love it's So absolutely inspiring on so many levels because you are someone that, you know, walks the talk. And when I look to people to help me, I really want to know that they've been through it, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. you know, and, and you really have. So I want to, um, go back to, we'll, we'll, we'll get to how you, your psychic gifts emerge, but right. I'd love to talk about empaths. I had Dr. Judith Orloff on the show and that was a really popular episode because we have a lot of empaths that listen to the show. Yes. No surprise awesome. since I am one. Right. <laughs> What's your definition of an empath and how does someone know if they are? Oh, that's a great question. So I, from, from the last couple of years, because I will say that <laughs> even though I was accepting all of my (laughs) psychic gifts really fully up until the last like six months, I have told, I know I've told you multiple, multiple times. I've told all my clients, all my friends for years, if I had one thing I wanted, if I had one gift I could give back, it would be my empath. Like so fast, it would just be gone because it's not something you can like cross off a list. You're just like, "Hmm, I'm done with this. I can move on. Um, And it was something that was very daunting to me as, as a person that I hate when people say that empaths 
feel emotions a lot. To me, that's such like a blase kind of definition. We live emotions. Every emotion, every little emotion to every big emotion, to people we don't know, to people we do know, fictional characters, we are living a lifetime. Whether that means, and there's two different types of empaths. So there's, as you know, too, there's physical empaths, Mm -hmm. which are, you feel phantom pain sometimes, like there could be like, a lot of times it can feel like humming, buzzing in your body, headaches, um, there could be mysterious pains over a long period of time that kind of come and go, but there's no, you, you keep seeing doctors, there's no diagnosis. So there's just nothing really people can find. And that's what energy is. Your body's picking up energy in a way and translating it where it's physically causing this disruption in your body. And it's really trying to get a message to you. But when you don't know what's going on, it's, it's very upsetting because it's, you know, you go to doctor after doctor after doctor and people are just essentially either saying that you're faking it or just saying like, well, I don't know, which is, you know, not what you want to hear from a specialist, especially. Um, and then you have your emotional impact, which most people know more of, I believe. And that's people that, that again, pick up on emotions and it's not just of, it's not just like of people and animals. It's, every single thing with an atom that's vibrating. So it's, it's crazy to think about how much emotional impacts normally just pick up. And in most times impacts have been impacts since they were born. I mean, that's most of the case. Yeah. So for all the impacts that I have as clients or friends, sometimes when I point it out to them at the beginning, they just don't see it because they're like, but I've always been this way. I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't make you any, like it doesn't make you any less of, of what you're experiencing. So it's just, I guess, impact would be a a general term to say that you feel and experience energy of maybe events, people, places, everything with an atom, either physically or emotionally in your body in the here and now. I feel like I'm physical and emotional. Is that that possible? That is absolutely that's actually what happens more times than not. Um, there's been actually, I don't know, maybe once that I have seen after doing probably close to a thousand readings, uh, some of that's just one or the other, because when you're actually on that path, you will start to kind of blend. So a lot of people start out as one or the other. For example, I started out mostly as an emotional impact, but what happened and why I started getting all these autoimmune diseases. And I also feel like why so many people right now, you know, and, and in even the recent past have started to have all these autoimmune diseases that you didn't see in previous, you know, ever basically previous years is because it, it is your body trying to get, there's something coming to your body, trying to, trying to get your attention, trying to get you to like use it for something that works for you. And the more you keep repressing it, suppressing it, the more that it, it, just starts to mess with you. So it's like, you'll go from emotional. I went from emotional into then experiencing autoimmune, which was really physical impact. It's like a blend usually. So you can, yeah, there's definitely most people I think are, are, are somewhat of both. What do you think the connection is to autoimmune and empath? Because I see that over and over and over again. And of course we're not doctors. We're not saying you have this because you're an empath. (laughs) 
Right. What do you think the yeah. connection is? And, and, oh. and I, I mean, I've noticed as I've learned to manage my sensitivity, my health mm-hmm. has gotten better. Yeah, absolutely. It is what I believe. And again, yeah, I am not a doctor, but what I believe because of the way that I have healed my body as well. And I really love how you said earlier, when you don't identify yourself as the disease, I know we both have done a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza work. And and that is really essential to pulling yourself out of just being another autoimmune patient. I don't say I have four different auto or now they say I have six different autoimmune diseases. I say, they say I have. So that I, I like that clarification at first. Cause it's like, that's the kind of the first step that really helped me kind of draw back out of, out of being so sick. But I think that the connection there is your, your body's desperately trying to tell you something. And again, when you run and when you, when you keep running from anything in life, it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse and bigger. Mm -hmm. And eventually that starts to collapse your health and how much, I mean, I think to me, what I tell everyone is that was the universe's way. Thank God. Cause I don't know if I would have gotten there as fast. I definitely wouldn't have gotten there as fast of baby birding you out of the nest being like, look, this is not good for you. And they've told you like 6 million times and you're not, you know, you're just like, it's fine. I'm fine. And so finally they're like, look, this is not your highest good. And it just radiates to the point where you, you most of the time have to find a spiritual solution mm. to it. Mm. That's so not true. That all of it is, you know, I, I do believe in Western medicine, so I'm not saying like just spiritual, but you have to kind of go back to your lifestyle and and see what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's living in a world where there's more pesticides and EMF and toxins in our environment um, that we didn't have before and just being more stressed and having more stimulus. And then the empathic thing kind of pushes it over the edge. You know, I think it's anything with health, everything's there. Like I've even heard we all have cancer cells in our body. It's like what pushes it? over the edge. And, you know, I'd love for you to speak a little bit about, because I know a lot of people that have any autoimmune struggles Mm -hmm. are even more scared during this time of COVID because they're considered at risk. And in my talking to you, you know, I've checked in with you a couple of times and you're like, I'm not scared. I feel great. Yeah. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is so funny. (laughs) It's ironic and it isn't, you know, what one would think, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about how you have, you know, obviously not been reckless right? Yeah. and not, you know, neither one of us are saying it doesn't exist that we know that there's a virus right. that absolutely no, exists. Right. <laughs> yes. But last I checked, fear isn't good for our immune system. So how mm-hmm. have you navigated the reality of certain things you're dealing with physically and mm-hmm. the, the kind of threat of this virus, which for most people feels really scary? it's like hilarious to me on on multiple levels, because when I was first diagnosed with all of these, all of these like supposedly life threatening diseases, I was told like, cannot go anywhere without a mask. You have to. So basically everything that (laughs) people went through at the beginning of COVID, hi, that's what autoimmune people are told from like the beginning. So it was like, I used to joke with my friends. I'm like, Oh, all you norms are now figuring out what it's like to be like an auto, like an autoimmune compromised person. Cause we're supposed to take all those precautions or a lot of doctors say, I, again, I lived in fear. I d- 
disinfected every, I mean, to the, I do have OCD. So it was a lot worse when they were told, you know, that, that you're not going to get better and that germs are going to make you sick. I mean, they just hyper, hyper, they pump this fear into you. And then they tell you that, that all these specialists I went to every single one, well, but you know, we can't really do anything for you and you're just going to die. I mean, they don't necessarily say it in those words, but that's kind of, you know, oh, well, we don't know about autoimmune diseases. Hopefully in your lifetime is what I heard over and over. And you feel so hopeless and helpless. And when you keep hearing this over and over and over, you have no, there's no way that any human in the world would not have this hyper vigilant fear census of thinking everything is that is a threat. And I'm not saying, you know, necessarily it's not, but I got to the point where I could not live like that anymore. I was just like, this is no way to live. I'm not going outside. I wasn't supposed to like expose my skin because I don't have a top layer of skin. So I can get, I can absorb stuff right through my skin a lot easier, like illness. It it was just like, if this is going to be my life, I would rather just go out there and get sick than be hidden in a house, just Mm. constantly cleaning. Mm. So again, it really parallels the whole thing with my hair. Cause I was like, you know what? I'd rather just be bald than have to (laughs) have to deal with, you know, doing this. And, and so bit by bit, like through my divorce, I said, I worked in a church and I did not wear a mask. I did not wear gloves. And I worked in a homeless, um, pantry with like three times a week and didn't wear any type of protective gear and was realizing that it, I was already divorced from my husband and I was living on my own and I was not getting sick. I mm. mean, occasionally. And when I did, there was so much fear around how long is this going to take me? And there was a lot of, um, PTSD because I had been so sick for so long in such a bad situation. And I, I just kind of started working through that, but, but <laughs> crazily, or I guess not crazily, God was preparing me for this pandemic because yeah. it was the first time ever, ever that I was just like, no, this isn't for me. I just know I'm not going to get it. Not again, like I'm being mm-hmm. reckless and not doing that, but I've just never been, I have not been scared since the beginning of it. And it's mm-hmm. just hilarious to me because I, even before this used to, used to be a little hesitant about like the flu and colds. Mm-hmm. So of course, like during the pandemic, I've been the most well that I've been yeah. probably in my entire life. Yeah, me too, which is ironic. I, th- I, I know, feel right? like everything <laughs> I went through with Epstein-Barr and all the weird supplement stuff that messed my brain up. That was, you know, yeah. I was terrified of getting sick because I got sick four oh, times yeah. in a year. Yeah. And yeah, at, at the beginning in March when it first came out, I was disinfecting all my stuff yeah. from Whole Foods. I was making sure my husband washed his hands 50 times a day and, um, you know, <laughs> trying to control the wild Greek Italian stallion that I live with. Good luck with that. <laughs> Which um, is a whole job. So <laughs> that's a whole nother episode. Uh, yeah. He, one cannot control another person, especially stuff. <laughs> that wild horse. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, and, but then eventually I was like, you know, no, I will. And that's, I think one of the biggest learnings for me through not just COVID, but 2020 is there's what happens in the world. And I have a choice about how I respond to it. I can't control what happens, but I have a choice of how to respond to it. And I can be mindful. I can be mindful of myself. I can be mindful of others. I can wear my mask. I can do the things that 
they say protect me and others, you know, right, I think there's right. so much mystery with this whole thing too. It's hard to know, it, it is. but it's, it's just, just like, so much yeah, people you, say it first and then they're like, no, but that's not it. I'm just like, I don't think we really know, but you know, exactly. like I think masks are always, yeah. I mean, I think masks are always, if there's some virus going or, you know, it, it, and I'm not saying it isn't there. That sounded like I would think if there is, whenever there's some type of virus going around, yeah, of course, masks are going to, you know, help, um, but, but other than that, I think there's a, it, it seems like at least there's like a lot of, even, even though it's been, well, there's a lot of like conflicting information. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, if that can be maddening in itself, yeah. if you're just going by, I mean, I really, I don't listen to the news. I don't watch the news. I don't read the news on Yahoo or anything. It just doesn't do, personally for me, it doesn't do anything to me, except cause me to, to my OCD to flare, my anxiety to come Mm. back. And it's not healthy for my body. Not that I don't know what's going on in the world, but just to focus on that, I would rather live my truths as to what my internal guidance system, what God is telling me is good for me than to again, start, start. And I'm not saying I don't ever turn external because I do. I'll go out and get, I live in a little magical bubble. I'll go and like get groceries and I'm like turned around again, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. looking at the external, but I try to be very conscious of them being like, okay, wait, no, no, no. Turn around again Mm -hmm. so that I'm getting information internally. Because for me, and, and I mean, honestly, everyone that I've seen that kind of does that, there's just a more centered, loving, calm, kind Mm. of healthy approach that there isn't so much when you just are seeing the chaos and especially, oh my gosh, especially in the world today. Yeah. There's just so much chaos going on. Yeah. It's, it's too much. It's too much. And I think that's where we have to tap into our own intuitive because we all have them in psychic abilities and empathic and Mm. really being an empath with ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about how you learned you were psychic and like what being a psychic means. Cause I think a lot of people think yeah. that being a psychic means you and I have a call and you say, okay, Christine in December, this is going to happen. And then in January, right. this is going to happen. And like, you're going right, to meet Steph here. Teller. No. Yeah. And that's yeah, not yeah, exactly. at all what it is. So if you could share a little bit more about how your gifts evolved, how you tap sure. into them, like what it's like for you and yeah. then what, what being a psychic is. Sure. So, so the way that, like I said, I have never had a time in my life that I can remember not living in a quote unquote haunted house until, (laughs) until the fact where I was 16 or going somewhere and having like a haunted experience or being with people. And then that, you know, something happens. And then I started realizing like, Oh wait, it's not everywhere I go is haunted. It's just like, it's me, like it's attracted Mm. to me. And it, it was always growing up a, a very, well, even, even up until I was 31, I guess, a very fear startled, I'm not in control. And I, I had a lot of panic issues around it, like depression, because I was always trying to hide it from people mm. and to, to hide it. And, and then also be terrified of something that is just a part of you is exhausting. Yeah. It's just, you just feel like you don't have any control over it. It's happening to you at any moment. Anything could happen and you could be just thrown into chaos and and just fear. So it was not, it was not necessarily 
a lot of it was what I would have been, I would have considered a curse. Mm. However, that being said, I also had these beautiful moments that I can remember where I was like working with my, um, with my great grandmother on my, on my father's side, my Gigi. And she was French, but she moved to Louisiana. I lived with her for five years and she was just this, I mean, I don't even know, high priestess. She, she didn't, she practiced white Santeria, which is like voodoo only to correct people who are correct, but mis- or align people who came in who had curses or, you know, whatever black Santeria used on them. But she was a fortune teller. She did the whole crystal ball thing. I don't do that. <laughs> I'm not into that, but um, she did like all of those things. So she really mentored me. And when she passed, when I was six, I remember not understanding why everyone was so upset because I have constantly seen her ever since. So it was like, I don't know why you guys are upset. I, I see her all the time. So there were all these, these points of my life that there was this angelic force that kept me from killing myself during like the, the most abusive, horrible situations. So I couldn't say it was all a curse. I just didn't want to admit to myself and definitely not others that I was psychic when I was working with my, with Emily, um, I, I was working towards getting my, you know, getting a TEDx talk, which I did within like seven months. I was, I couldn't even believe it. Cause that was, she said in your wildest dreams, what would you want to happen? And I was like, well, no, this won't ever happen. And then seven months later that happens. And then pretty much the same time that my, that I learned, I got my TEDx talk. She said, so, so I want to have this discussion with you. And I remember being like feeling really weird about it. Like I, I was very apprehensive and I didn't really know why. And she, she basically outed me to myself as a psychic and she's like, you're a psychic. And I had the most violent, no, no, I am not. You know, to me, a psychic meant a freak show, like having someone, yeah, like reading someone's mind or being a fortune teller or whatever people see like Miss Cleo and kind of this cheesy scamming, you know, not great high, high vibing kind of person. And it was just a, this, this almost like made me want to throw up when I even thought about it. And I Mm. even told her, I was like, we won't say the P word for a while. Let's not say the P word for a while. I was like, I'm not ready for that. So, um, it was, that that word in itself holds a lot of negative power, which is why it was so important for me that when I started, I, I just started, I didn't have, I didn't know really what to do to, to try to dive into my abilities. So what I do is what, uh, what I did is what I do with my clients now, when I, when I am being that psychic trainer for them, which is I did everything you can imagine, psychometry, tarot card readings, Um, you know, telekinesis, I tried telepathy, I tried and a lot of the things. Yeah. I mean, I didn't like knock it out of the park, you know, but it was like, I wanted to try all these things because every time I tried something different, one, you're not going to know if you can do it unless you try. And two, the faith aspect of showing the universe that I kept trying different things to see what, what all the things were, um, really showed the universe. Oh, all right. Like she's, she really means it. Like this chick is, she's not going to give up on it. Um, and led me to the place where I, which I teach from, which is 
you're not just clairvoyant. No one just has one ability. It's like dumping crayons out. Your, your psychic mm. abilities are every one of those colors. So learning how to color with those things as your, as your identity and always be expanding them. I love that. And you're, you also teach people how to tap into their psychic abilities. And you also have a course right now for empaths, which we'll talk about in a second, but I'm going to put you on a spot so you can say no, because I know you're, you've learned to be good with boundaries. So (laughs) would you be able to just kind of feel into my audience, like everyone listening and see if there's anything that would be a benefit for them to hear? Of course, I would love to. Let me just... What I keep hearing is that the lessons always circle around. So we have this idea that when we go through our awakening or awakenings, that we somehow in our, in our mental brain need to put ourselves at like a next spiritual level. So to, here's an example. When we first start out a spiritual awakening, we learn about, you know, being positive and we learn about the law of attraction and we learn about like all of these pieces that once you've kind of been in that spiritual awakening place, and especially for the people who are really teaching from that place or teachers in a spiritual aspect, in any aspect, even if that's like a masseuse or Reiki or whatever you do, we're so used to those, those kind of core values ruminating that a lot of times we don't even go back to look at those because we feel like, oh, we got those down. We can just keep moving ahead or like keep moving up in our awakening. What's the next level? What's the next level? And the whole message is, it is not about forgetting what you have already, forgetting the things that you've already used to get where you are in your awakening. It's about constantly going back and diving back in them because your perspective is always going to change. I think it was like the Buddha that said that real evolution is shedding your skin thousands of times. So it's not just like, okay, well now I'm on this level. So I don't have to worry about this level, this level, or this level. It's really remembering to come back to those because as someone who is now a more complete conscious person, you're going to see lessons there that you didn't see the first or second or third time around that are really going to help you more than you think, unless Mm. you dive into those things again, or unless you kind of just open it up to maybe saying to, to God or to divinity, um, you know, I would like to, to see, does anything come up with, with, is there anything that maybe I missed, or maybe I can see in a different way with Mm. law of attraction in my life in here and now, and really apply it the, the best way. Thank you. She's saying to apply it is to always apply it to you first, then to give to your, you know, whoever you're helping, whether that be like in a, in a way where it's career related, career related, or if it's just, you know, people that you're lighting up with your light, we have this as light workers, we have this tendency to, and, and I caught myself doing this. This is a big message I got at the beginning of the summer. I had said for probably six months that I felt very disconnected, which it is so funny because I could read people off the street, mm-hmm. but as far as like me, I felt like I wasn't getting anything for me. 
And at the beginning of the summer, the divine said to me, I was saying to someone, and I know I've said this to you many times, and I'll be like, oh, here's the message. And that message is also for me. And I said that, and all of a sudden I heard this shift of no, 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 no. This message is for you, and then you give it to them. And so I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I wasn't cut off that whole time. I was not comfortable with receiving. So I was like ping ponging mm-hmm. it back, almost like a compliment. And then feeling very disempowered. And it was all about this mind shift of fill yourself up first, which again is like something I know we all know, but do you really practice that where you're allowing whatever energy that you're supplementing to hit you, fill you completely up. And then you, you have the, the gift and choice of whether you give it away or not. It's not something that I get this only to give it away. I get this to fill me up. And then if so I huge. to get away, it's yeah. so huge, especially for empaths. <laughs> I mean, that, it's like yeah, massively, exactly. and yeah. that's such a good message because something, you know, when I coach people on the show often, it's, well, I've dealt with this before. I really feel like I've done my work around this. I've right. been dealing with this right. issue, you know, for years and years and years, uh-huh. and it's back again, or it's not healed. Uh-huh. And it's like, yeah, cause even though it might be the same issue, it's a different cut at it. It's a different layer. You're using a different tool or there's a different perspective or you need to go deeper with it or there's your inner child needs more. So that's a perfect message for this audience is just because something comes back around doesn't mean you're backtracking. Yeah, it's not failure. It's not, and I've said that many times, like, am I going back? Because we're just terrified with as much work as we do. It makes sense. That the, and I throw t- little tantrums to the divine all the time where I'm just like, not all the time, but where I'll just be like, I worked on this for six years. Yeah. And, you know, like I hear myself say it and I'm like, ew, what are you doing? Yeah. But it's just like human nature of this it, when you take so, so much pride in, try, in changing your life and changing yourself that we're just terrified of, of going backwards. But you, you literally never can go backwards. It's physically mm. impossible. I love that. Mentally and spiritually and emotionally. I think you've had to say that to me about a hundred times. I <laughs> when I'm like, myself about a hundred times. I can't people believe this is me. back again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hundred times. <laughs> I love it. And let's, I would love for you to share a little bit about your course for empaths. Cause I think this could be a great investment for people right now. Cause I think why one of the many reasons people are so freaked out is one inner child wounding coming up, which I've been saying since March uncertainty triggers that. And two, just the empaths are feeling, and even I feel like I wake up and I'm like, Oh, everybody's sad today. Okay. Feeling that. Oh, now I'm feeling the anxiety. And you know, you've had to help me learn how to be like, let me disengage from the collective. Doesn't mean I don't love people. Doesn't mean I'm denying my gifts. I'm just unplugging. It's like turning your cell phone off. It's like, okay, it's still there. I can turn it on tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. And it actually helps you more. We have this feeling that like, oh, if we're not tuned into pain all the time, it's like, no, no. Right. (laughs) Like you're good. You don't need to operate. Um, So yeah, I would love to. So the, the reason I called it calling all my empaths is because this is, an invitation from the divine through me as me, but to all of these empaths out there who maybe you've done work, maybe you never have. Um, maybe you're like, you know, a, a, a mom or, or a nurse or a teacher. It doesn't even matter. It's really taking personal responsibility for stepping up and healing this world. And I'm not saying like you have to heal the world by yourself or you just have to, well, I get what I heard in my head was like, 
but I give to others all the time. And you give to people that don't fill you up. That is not the same <laughs> as, as giving to someone or giving to people when you're on mission that you're seeing these people. And you're a great example of this. When you, when you're really doing your work, the best verification for me of, of I'm in a aligned spot is when I have clients and friends who mirror back to me, like, wow, they're really aligned. And if you don't see that, you have to figure out how to get to the place where you want to go or, or just admit that you're going to be stuck always. But I just feel like most people are not going to be in that place. And I want to show them how to, to get to where you're going. I am someone who as a psychic, I do not like conceptual psychics, meaning like think positive. I know I just said that, but like, you know, they give you a bunch of vague information that you're like, cool, but what do I do? You know, like, what do I do with all this? So when I started channeling this whole, this whole course, I wanted to make sure that I tied it in with science. So there's, there's a four, it's going to be a four week course. I'll back it up. I got too excited. Um, it's a four week course and it's one zoom live zoom call a week that will be just via zoom. And then I'll actually, you'll have a Facebook group too. Cause I really, like I said, I never had community when I was diving into my abilities. And it is the one thing that I feel like is so huge to spiritual development is having a like-minded community behind you. And most people don't have that and it doesn't allow them to grow right off the bat. So I'll be putting all of my visualizations, which we'll have once a week or for a month. Um, all of the resources that we have from you know, people that a couple people that I'm going to have come in that are super, super smart about how to make quantum physics really simplified so that we understand in a simplified way, there's science to back up that, that we're feeling things so that you really have, because I am a psychic, but I am very skeptical. I want to see the scientific proof behind whatever is there so that I don't second guess myself even more we're giving you, I'm giving you this empower. I say weird because I'm saying the divine. Um, we're giving you this empowered place from resources to visualizations, to community with that Facebook group, to really dive in, in a very safe container with exercises as well each week for a month to get you in a place that I promise you will be e extremely life-changing for the rest of your life. It's not like at the end of this course, you're like, well, that was fun. And then you just go back to, you know, like doing whatever. These are tools that are practical tools. You can, anyone can put into place from wherever you're from or wherever you are on your spiritual journey that literally will change your life forever, being an empath and feeling more in control mm. of your abilities and, and how to also, I have this whole thing where it's recognition researching, renewing and releasing. So you're really learning how to, how to hit one of these R's so that you're fueling up in yourself that, which is already there, all that energy. And then you're on point releasing it and how to do that. So there's a lot of things that you learn. And then I also, with all of this, am doing a six week Voxer psychic in your pocket capability so everyone who enrolls in this course will get six weeks with Boxer, which is a walkie talkie app 
Christina and I use it all the time. Mm -hmm. I use it with all my clients. It's super easy. It's so much easier than trying to text or whatever for me. Just hit the button. It's free. And we'll get you hooked up with that. And then, because I want to have a relationship with you. I don't want this to be, I'm talking at you and you're watching recorded videos of like, whatever. This is my whole thing too, is relationships and community that and support. That's what's going to grow you Mm. to where you want to go. So the more vulnerable you are with me, with what's happening today, are you having a good day? Tell me if you're having a bad day. What might be questions that you have? Do you want me to look at a certain place in your life right now to tell you maybe what's going on or give you some help? And um, Monday through Friday, you will get that for six weeks. And usually I get back to you on the same day. Some days it, it might be the next day, but I, I try to be really intentional with getting back to you as soon as possible because I want that relationship to be there. That's amazing. People get individual boxer support. Yes. That's freaking amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to make sure that everyone's really, with, you know, if you, if this, this is a scary thing, like I was mm-hmm. scared two months ago when I got, when God told me about this, I was like, no, mm. <laughs> like I can't, no, I don't, I don't want to do that for myself. So I want to make sure that someone's there, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm there for someone when they're having that same feeling because mm. it's not a great feeling. Oh, I love this. And one thing I want to say about Stephanie, everybody, and why one of the many reasons I love her is that sometimes when I work with people who are very spiritual, very psychic, and they like live in that other world, and it's very <laughs> woo woo. And I love, I'm very woo woo. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, but it's unrelatable to me. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't see fairies and I don't right. kiss trees. Yeah. I love trees. <laughs> I, I don't live in this, like, you know, practical yeah, well I have a strong practical yeah. side. And, and I, yeah. I, I love the skeptic in you and the, the balance <laughs> of the the mystical and the practical. So Stephanie's a really Thank good teacher you. for anyone who feels like they live in their head, but also is yes. deeply oh. spiritual and wants to really tap into those psychic gifts tap because being an empath and being psychic or intuitive go together. They really, yes. really do. Absolutely. And you can learn how to harness those gifts instead mm-hmm. of suppress them. So where do people go to learn more, Stephanie? Sure. I have two different places. Well, actually I would love if you have Facebook, I have divine intervention readings. You can go to my Facebook business page and check out all of the good stuff. I'm actually going to release the sales page today. So you get to have all of those actual facts that I just talked about, like not just talking at you again, but being able to see and sit with those. Um, a lot of times people say, don't put the sales page up, just go over it with it with people as I was doing, as I was preparing for this. And and I heard God say like, put the sales page up. And then I mm. heard like my, my old business coach be like, no, you want to go over it with them. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to argue with God on this. I'm yeah. just gonna, I, think that, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think it's because it's so uncomfortable for people. I would rather you just take a second to know if it's aligned with you or not. You're going to know better than anyone if this mm. fits with you. So you can go to divine intervention readings on Facebook. Or my Instagram is hashtag DI readings. So there as well. And I also have a website. I have not hooked up the landing page to the website yet, but that is psychictrainerstephanie.com. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So, and if people can't find it, can they message you? How could they message you? Oh my gosh, of course. I'm just going to give you my phone number. It's 469 332 
7228. You You're can amazing. message me, call me. <laughs> I love that. Whatever you want to do. I love that. I'll put that in the show notes, everybody. So if you can't find it, just text Stephanie, say, I'm interested. Yes. She'll send you a link and you take, take good care of you. She really, really and does. I would like, thank you. I would just like to say too, that right now I decided to have like a pre-enrollment period, um, which is now up until the 22nd of September. And you're going to get a, a very discounted rate if you go ahead and enroll in that period. Open enrollment actually starts September 23rd, which is next Wednesday through September 30th, which is the, the following Wednesday. And then you'll have the, it, it's not, it's $888 for the full price. So it's not like it's outstanding anyways. Mm -hmm. But if you want to get that, if it's just a yes for you, I would just suggest, I mean, it's $555 up wow. until September. Second, so yeah, I mean, why That's not? That's a really right? good deal. <laughs> <laughs> With all of that, I tried. I tried to. Yeah, it's very it reasonable. Like a, and like a, oh yeah, yeah still, <laughs> yeah, make it a hell yes because yes. with all of that and the boxer support, mm -hmm. um, beautiful. And again, Stephanie will never tell you leave your marriage, quit your job. Like she's oh, not gosh, a one eight hundred call a psychic no. and gives you the no. answer. She will. <laughs> she will feel into things for you and. Um, you know, like I, for I'll just give people personal examples yeah, so people can know yeah. what it's like. So I'm supposed to go to San Diego pretty soon and the fires are there and we don't know what the air quality. So I'll say to Stephanie, like, okay, do I need to cancel my trip? Like it's it cancel the Airbnb before the prices go up. How are the, what do you think the fires are going to do? And those are the kind of questions I ask. And she doesn't say, yes, cancel your trip because the air quality right. will be bad. <laughs> She'll be like, let's, let's connect again on the day you have to cancel. Let's fill into it together and make the choice. And so it's a very empowering, exactly. not like, you know, again, one to call a psychic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's actually a great point. I always forget is that some people that psychics are like that, because for me, if you're giving, if you're, what I do is give you God's or the divine's message of what's aligned for you. And if you think about it, the divine's never going to be like, yeah, you need to get divorced. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's going to be like, here's the magic. I hold up the magic mirror basically of, okay, I'm holding this space for you. And I know this beautiful, authentic person that I see in you, I'm just going to hold up this magic mirror and I'm going to have us both look in it together. And then you're going to see something that you probably wouldn't have seen because you're being more accepting of yourself because of that magic mirror space. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Oh, Stephanie, I love and appreciate you so much. Thank you for Thank your you time. For oh my gosh. My pleasure. Thank and everybody, you. you can learn more about Stephanie at psychic trainer, Stephanie.com. I'll put that in the show notes along with her phone number. So you can just text her or call her if you have any questions and you want to do the course. Um, you know, this episode's coming up on September 19th. So you have a few days to register for that 555, which is a really astonishing, amazing price. So anything else, Stephanie, before we wrap up? The other thing that, that I have to tell everyone is this, all of these problems that we're seeing, I mean, not so much the, the, the natural disasters, although, I mean, come on, we kind of knew that was going to happen when mm -hmm. we, when we treat the world the way we did, we just kind of didn't want to think about when it, when it hit, but all of the things that we're seeing, it's really important to me. And this is the message I kept getting in the overwhelm that I have as an empath. And I think a lot of empaths do when we look into to, to what's going on in the world. It's really easy to get distracted by trying to 
to, to be a part of all of the missions. And I'm not saying, you know, I know what your mission is, but if you have one mission, like for me, I know my mission because it's so connected to me and and my journey. And most of our missions I think are, is to empower people in their authentic self. And it's never really changed. I mean, it's never really changed. It might change like how, how I do that. But as far as like, when I'm seeing things where I, I feel like, of course I support the cause, there's kind of this panic in me of like, oh, I don't know if I can do that and my mission. And mm. it begins to feel like overwhelming of, of kind of guilt of, mm. oh, but I need to, I need to like physically stand with them because I really do believe in that cause like civil rights or, mm-hmm. you know, um, just, just a lot of things that are going on. And, and what God has given with the divine's given me about that is it does not mean that you do not support and love and stand and hold space mm. with everything that's going on in the world. It means that you simply know what you're here to do and that what you're, you are, some of us are in the waiting are kind of in waiting for, for that mission to become apparent to us or for us to find a way to get to that mission. But that no means means that you are not doing what you are here to do or that you need to spread yourself thin by trying to hold, you know, be a part of all of the missions. Mm. So just really understanding that this is not you saving, you are saving the world, but that doesn't, no one's going to save the world by trying to, to be a part of 9 million different missions. Yeah. That's just crazy. Yes. We all stay in your lane, you know, not in a limited way, but just, no, we're all, we're all not here to do everything. Um, mm Self-preservation people. (laughs) mm -hmm. Can't do it all. Can't do it all. Thank you, Stephanie. 